0: Bigger than, than
1: capes. capes. Give me some
0: silence. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to it, and then I watched it. Oh, 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 oh right. Hello, welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I'm Zach. You're angela how are you doing
1: i'm I'm doing all right. I'm slightly damp, but otherwise fine
0: we've We've gotten properly into like autumn in the last like two or three weeks, haven't we? and it's kind of hit me <laughs>
1: hit me hard of, It's kind of a shock. I'll be honest. it's been kind of a shock. There's a transition period, but yeah, barely <laughs> barely it's true it was a yeah,
0: day I, I um there was a Friday a couple of weeks ago where it like really really rained for the first time this year
1: yeah uh
0: and it was at that point that i realized that my like german army mosher parker that i've been wearing for like <laughs> five years isn't actually that waterproof
1: is it not
0: I um and just kind of stood in the city center like Coat completely soaked, shirt underneath soaked, T-shirt underneath soaked, grey jeans that were, like, black, thinking, hmm, I've made some really bad choices today.
1: Yeah, this is get the coats out of the (laughs) cupboards. Get your waterproof trousers on when you're walking the dog. Get the thing. The thing is, the dog hates the rain, so he's not really done much walking. (laughs) Poor soul.
0: That's fair. I, um... I can't really blame him. It's it's a Manchester thing, so he's going to have to adapt. But it's kind of par for the course, you know.
1: And it, I mean, you know, he's he's fourteen months old now. He should know, but still, rain is a surprise, apparently.
0: But that is that is a, a typical Manchester thing. I'm always surprised. Like, you know, there'll be a day. It'll be soon where it it's rainy and windy and uh, as someone who's lived in you know the north your entire life, you'll kind of resign yourself to the fact that yeah. your best approach to that is to just give up and just become okay. one with the rain. and if the hood gets blown down, the hood stays down. you would never try and open an umbrella. um it's it's fine. just become one with it. And there's always like a lot of people. In Manchester City Centre on those days Who've clearly moved here from anywhere
1: else
0: Who like Can't accept the truth And will be there fighting with an umbrella That's like turned inside out It's like six times in ten seconds And and, Like soaked to the bone But haven't come to accept yet that It's over, just let the umbrella go Throw it away, it's dead Just It's I don't know. It entertains me every year seeing the people who can't accept the inevitable, and they're still like,
1: yeah.
0: "Nah, you'll get there. You'll appreciate that thing yeah. where there's water dripping out of your hair directly into your eyes, and you can't see." And you'll, your you'll glasses come
1: are steamed up, and you yeah, can't see anything out of your part glasses. Of the charm. Yeah, it's, it's what living here is about, people.
0: It's it's uh, it's one of my favorite parts of the year. It's just trying to stay alive in St Peter's Square. Um, <laughs> and on that autumnal... Well,
1: autumnal, <laughs> no, see what we did there, yeah.
0: Um, this is going to be our first like Halloween horror episode of the year. There will be more. Um, this is the first year that I have equally resigned myself to the idea that writing 30 horror recommendations... Or thirty-one horror recommendations, more accurately, in the month of October for the website is an impossibility, and it hurts.
1: <laughs> I mean, we did. Was it last year we tried it, and it we've was got like ten days worth. Yeah,
0: I think we, we did less than half last year. The first year we did it, but it was really intense. So, so this year I'm kind of happy to review some horror comics, recommend some when we can, and do some horror podcasts.
1: I think this is probably a wiser choice than the chaos that has been the last two years.
0: Yes, Uh, we are still a a minimal group of people writing and podcasting. Um, So yeah, biggerthancapes.com will have less horror content this year than it did the last couple of years, but we'll still probably have quite an amount. Um, And hey, if you're listening and you think, hey, I could write like these idiots do... (laughs) Yeah, Get in touch, you probably can you
1: probably um, can, have you read any of my articles just, recently? You most definitely can
0: There has been a lot of Angela in the last few weeks at biggerthancapes.com As I am busier than capes.com um, Sister site no one knows about <laughs>
1: About secret, yeah
0: um, But yeah, we, um, we will do some horror coverage This is going to be the first one
1: Yeah, we will. Halloween
0: coverage, more than horror coverage, I guess. Um, And this time we're going to be talking about I Hate This Place, or as it was originally solicited, Fuck This Place, uh, volume one, the first five issues as they currently stand. Written and created by Kyle Starks, arted and created by Archam Topillin?
1: I would go Archam Topillin?
0: I thought that's what I just said, but okay.
1: Yeah, could be. Could be.
0: Coloured by Lee Luffridge. Lettered by Pat Brousseau. Edited by John Moyson. Logo by Andreas Juarez. And production design by Gillian Crabb.
1: And we have another editor.
0: We do, but not on the first issue, which is no. where I got my info from. Can you remind me uh, who the other editor is?
1: Uh, Alex Antone. Yes comes in later on this is
0: true um that was some terrible pronunciations Uh, we
1: apologize to everyone involved except for kyle starks and lee luffridge because we're pretty sure we know how to say your names
0: yeah we're um (laughs) i don't know pronunciation challenged we are don't know if that's a real thing but it feels like a real thing every time we speak to each other yeah so Although you could turn back the clock a few months to do the roundup where we talked about this, I'm gonna try and do an intro again. Um I Hate This Place basically tells the story of Gabby and Trudy, who inherits a well, specifically, Gabby inherits a cattle ranch from her great auntie, who she's only really met once. And the couple decide to go and live on this cattle farm for one year until the current crop of cows, which I've got to be honest, crop of cows doesn't feel right, but that's definitely how it's described.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Are ready to be sold. Then they'll sell the house, be rich, and go settle down somewhere, not a ranch. Um, However, almost immediately upon arrival, they learn that... Place is crazy haunted. So, Rutherford Ranch, which is where they are living, um, as Gabby is Gabby Rutherford, and presumably her auntie was Marilyn Rutherford. Um, crazy haunted. Uh, ghosts all around the premises. Poltergeist inside. You've got UFOs. You've got weird woodland creatures. Um, oh, sorry, yeah, there will be spoilers.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Spoilers for all of it. Um.
0: I think we'll leave some things vague, but I think we will get some spoilers in there, unfortunately. So, yeah. Um, so's I guess. (laughs) Uh, Running alongside this, we are introduced to the character of Frank Itchy Render, who basically has just pulled off an armoured car robbery, and his partner's in crime... Got wise to how he was going to rip them off. So um, tell him that they've buried the money in the woods. So that when cooler heads prevail. They'll come back and get the money and split it three ways. Uh, Itchy does not take that well. And (laughs) kills one of them. And then the other is torn to pieces. By mysterious tentacles, Which then leads to Itchy getting a job. Sort of. On the ranch. Um, as like a farmhand type, but with the ulterior motive of digging up all of the woods until he finds his money. Um, So those are the main two plot threads. Yep. Uh, Itchy not such a great guy, and Gabby and Trudy quite quickly thrown into being incredibly haunted. (laughs) Yeah. Other level, which I think is the first hint that this is like, kyle starks is that some people would write a haunted house book and be like man this house is a bit haunted but this is like no no the poltergeist is the he's okay he's on the level it's all the other ghosts that are issues and boy are there other ghosts
1: so (sighs) many so many ghosts just surrounding the house yeah
0: pretty much as soon as it goes dark there is just an army of ghosts, I think it's explained in, I'm going to say, issue three, that it's kind of the ghosts of anyone who's ever died on this land is still there. Yeah. yeah. Um. Something that was interesting to me is that the first issue gives us kind of the entire premise quite quickly, really. This is a very fast read. I, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, Which is a good thing. I think a lot of Kyle Stark's books are quite easy and fast to read even though there is always still quite a lot of stuff packed into that so the first issue basically teaches us what the premise is, second issue kind of Trudy and Gabby start to try to deal and figure out what they can do Uh, third issue we get a ghost hunter with the outstanding name of Dante Howitzer. Yeah. Um, and then, kind of from there, things just pick up and get more out of control, I think, from issue three onwards. I don't think yeah. anything new is introduced. It's just bad stuff.
1: <laughs> it's a bit... It's more chaotic. Like, the first two issues are a bit more straightforward. Whereas... Yeah. From three onwards, you get all kinds of crazy chaos being introduced and the plot threads kind of all weave into one another and intersect more and it just goes to another level.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. It's It sure is a lot.
1: (laughs) It is a lot, definitely.
0: I, I think it does open up some interesting possibilities in that I I don't think we often get a book with this many layers. And what surprised me, perhaps my biggest surprise, is I I was quite sure this was going to be, like most Kyle Stark books, a kind of one-and-done deal. Um, I know books like... uh, Rock Candy Mountain ran for two volumes, but... Everything else I can think of by Kyle Starks is kind of here's your story, and now I'm done. Like Assassination ends as if there's going to be more. But when we spoke to Kyle Starks last year, um, I'm told that was episode four of Bigger Than Capes, go check it out. Uh, he basically revealed that no, there was never going to be a second volume. There yeah. was never any plan. So when this is coming out as Volume 1 towards the end of November. I was surprised that there is going to be a Volume 2 starting next year, apparently. I just expected this to be... Surprise, we've wrapped everything up. Um,
1: And yet.
0: And yet, this ends at a point where we're kind of quite deep into Trudy and Gabby's relationship. Um, We're starting to uncover some of their family past and the weirdness there. Uh, Horror stuff is still pretty, pretty out of control. The only thing that's really resolved itself is kind of the initial crime plot involving Itchy and the armoured car robbery. Um, So, yeah, I'm not entirely sure what we're going to get going forward. I think...
1: I assume UFOs.
0: Well, yeah, I think <laughs> volume two is going to focus on the UFOs. I think this was about the ghosts. And whilst we do get some hints as to what's going on, it's not incredibly clear. Still, there's still a lot of enigma there. And I think volume two is going to be UFOs, which I then guess begs the question, is volume three the Horned Man? Are we getting...
1: Yeah, we're getting more on the Horned Man? The Horned Man who, if you see, you've got to run away from. As great so aunt adult, says, yeah, yeah, because great aunt does that in her videotape introduction to the haunted ranch.
0: Yes, which I, I did like. I liked the we kind of get the soundproof room full of VHS tapes, and she's filmed herself essentially about to be taken out of the house because she's unwell. Um, basically explaining the rules, which felt very, um. Like the Scream films, I think it's Randy, who in the first one kind of explains the rules of a horror film, and then in two, further explains horror sequels, and then in three, when he's dead, there's the VHS tape delivered by his sister that explains what happens Mm -hmm. if this is a trilogy. Um, Big fan of that, and I I feel like that's one of many, like, cliche, trope-type things that are drawn on from different horror films.
1: Yeah, it feels like there's fair few nods to the horror genre generally.
0: Yes, because this is... I don't know, it's kind of a... It's a haunted house comic, but then there's monsters in the woods, which is kind of like evil dead territory in a way, and then... There's moments with itchy that kind of have like slasher film vibes it's it's a lot of different it's it's kind of a love letter to horror in its entirety, which is difficult to do because there's so many areas of horror and everybody I know who's into mm. horror is into kind of quite different parts of horror if that makes yeah. sense.
1: Well, because horror covers everything from, like, the straight-up ghoul mm. to sort of the subtle psychological stuff and different sorts of ghosts and hauntings. And, yeah, you know, it does cover a huge range of things from, you know, creepy serial killer types to creepy dolls. Yeah, I was <laughs> trying to fair. find a better way of articulating that, and I honestly couldn't. <laughs>
0: And of course, you know, the occasional, what if that creepy doll is a serial killer?
1: Yeah, there is that also, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Happens more often than you'd think.
0: Yeah, it really does.
1: Yeah.
0: So immediately reminded me that there's a Chucky TV show at the moment and I've still not seen any of it.
1: <laughs> nah, <laughs> D- nor have I.
0: I don't know if I will at this point, but... yes. Yeah, so... I. I, I think one one of the strengths here is that this isn't specifically about the horror. I think Trudy and Gabby's relationship does feel really believable. Um, I think it's issue one, maybe issue two, where Trudy says, and I, I, "I've got, I've got the quote. I'm ready. Uh, yeah. We survive both our families, being in a mixed relationship, being women and being gay. We can survive this." which I think really sets the tone for who they are as people and
1: yeah.
0: where this is going or will go or has begun to go. I'm English bad, well, I'm not sure yeah. what I'm saying.
1: It it does feel almost like the horror is the trappings. Like, at its heart, it's a relationship drama, except yeah. you've got these two women who do have a really good, strong relationship and it's about, you know, them getting tested. But instead of sort of it being tested by, I don't know, workplace drama or family drama, although that might be coming in later, they're being tested by, you know, moving to a haunted ranch. And can their relationship survive all the ghosts? And I like that because it's like, it, it, it's taking that whole relationship drama or characterise it, you know, these two characters, you know, they have a good, strong relationship. Can it survive a big test? And that big test turns out to be hauntings, which <laughs> is a is a sort of wild take, but it's one I very much appreciate.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's it feels like a strong metaphor, and I feel like it, it, it gives a lot of potential to draw people in for the horror, and then give them yeah, a completely different book underneath it. And don't get me wrong, there is still, you know, gore and Lots gruesome deaths. Uh, one of my favourite scenes in all of this was in issue two, where they go to see the, like, um, not a medium, because she recommends a medium she, for them. Like yeah. A, she's like a tarot reader, fortune teller type.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: and she's when she doesn't really have any solutions for what to do about ghosts she's like i'll do you a tarot reading and that'll that'll fix the problem (laughs) um and the first card is death and they're like and she's like ah you know death it can be symbolic of change and new beginnings and draws the second card and it's death (laughs) and they're like oh right how many death cards are there and she's like just one and should she draw a third one then as well? Yeah, I think the third card is death, and then the card of the deck in her hands like starts exploding out of her hands, and they're all death cards. <laughs> um but it's so overblown, like cheesy kind of horror comedy stuff that it it yeah. feels very Kyle Stark's in its execution, but I also think that the art from uh Atium Topolin. Is how I'm saying it this time Um, Really works in kind of Being kind of goofy But also being kind of like You know, this woman's having her hands Torn apart by a deck of tarot cards Flying out of them And there is some legitimate like Horror vibes to A pretty ridiculous Scene And I think that kind of sets That is kind of what we get throughout Is it's kind of ridiculous but there is a legitimate element of horror behind it, which is pretty great. I think horror and comedy often end up kind of side by side. And I think in this case, it's a difficult balance to strike, especially if you're trying to do a relationship drama in the middle of horror comedy. Yeah. But I think as a creative team, that they're, they're striking a good balance, I think... The writing and the art really complement each other And I think the colouring and lettering are adding a lot I think there's a lot of, like, clear visuals in the colouring That tell us, like, this is a ghost Or this yeah. is aliens And there's the little orbs And different things that are just coloured in such a way That they stand out really clearly As not being part of the natural landscape
1: Yeah Yeah I, I like sort of the greeny, yellow, glowy ghosts because they just look... They look like ghosts, but they also look a little bit sickly. <laughs> they don't...
0: They're yeah. Not,
1: it's not like Casper the Friendly Ghost, you know, little white boy floating around. These are like... Yeah, they look horrific. <laughs> and they've got that weird, supernaturally glow that makes them, as you said, they're clearly not of the natural world.
0: Um, yes,
1: it does just give it a little bit of an extra, an extra visual level.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I think it helps. I think the choice of yellow kind of helps because obviously, to illustrate the the night time, everything's kind of blues, greens, purples. So to then have ominous yellow figures, it, it's a good, it's a good way of showing that. They're not just shadowy people or things like that. We are even in the first issue when we see just like the pinprick like eyes yeah. in the barn. It's a really simple like you know that ain't right kind of yeah <laughs> visual. Um, but I do also think we move between colors quite nicely. Like when they're outside in the final issue, there's a lot of reds and oranges that. Mm look really nice and even when the backgrounds are quite sparse i think visually it's quite strong and things like the interior of the house kind of mirroring the red colors which then come in with itchy's reappearance and everything that happens in the house it kind of reminds me of there is a thing in I think it's the first Friday 13th where whoever was doing the set dressing made sure there was something red in every single scene of the film um, to show that there was always danger. And I think we get a similar kind of thing here, that there's always some colouring that is a little bit off to indicate, you know, not everything fits together the way it should. Or I'm reading too much into it. Also an option.
1: (laughs) I mean, it could be. It makes sense, though, as, you know, if you were to put that forward as a theory, people would agree. I would agree. Um, But, yeah, the use of red is interesting because red crops up quite a bit as well when we get... Spoiler alert, people die.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
1: you know, there's, there's a good... It's not, I mean, it is completely gory. It's almost comedic in its goriness, the way some of these people are dispatched. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's restrained in let's not just put blood spurting everywhere, but let's put mm. blood spurting everywhere this way. I just appreciate the the way that the gore's done is ultimately what I'm trying to say there.
0: I, I agree. I think it's it's cartoonish, but... It still feels like it doesn't. I think, okay, I think in the art, there's quite a cartoonish vibe overall. So the gore does feel in keeping with that. But I think it also feels like there are stakes. There are people. Yeah. There are characters who die who are kind of. I don't know. Maybe not characters that we think we're going to get a lot of, but characters that feel substantial enough like they are gonna stick around.
1: If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It it it, yes. (laughs) Trying to find a better way of saying yes. But ultimately (laughs) I'm just gonna go with yes. I agree. I I think there are stakes
0: here and I, I I think we see a lot of death and the death of characters that are quite interesting and well realized like Dante and the farmhands and basically everyone who's introduced feels like they have potential to you know be significant and stick around and matter to the plot which then means when some of them die it is surprising Mm. that yeah they can die and will
1: die well it's, it's a bit like that although it was clearly telegraphed the the guy Adrian, because Itchy takes on the name Adrian, of course, but when you've got the guy, is it issue two? He you get the flashback and yes. he's just sat in the diner and be like, No, I've never met them, they don't know what I look like and you're like, No, don't say this. Um, and then Itchy kills him to go and take his identity so he can work on the ranch. And it is kind of partly comedic because you can see it coming in the this guy's just admitted that they've never seen him and he's got a job there. That's clearly it, who we know ends up there. Um, You know, you know it's going to happen. But at the same time, it's like, oh, Adrian's died. Um, Yeah, he's only in,
0: like, two pages or something.
1: Yeah, he's barely in it. And Ramon's death is quite... That got to me. That was quite sad.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: He gets tentacled spoilers um a lot of
0: tentacling going around that's not a verb but.
1: <laughs> tentacling yes to tentacle um but yeah it's like all the deaths even though there is some comedy element to a lot of them um or they're just a bit weird mm. they all do have an impact because i think that's the other thing in, in horror films is there's like oh yeah they're, they're gonna die here's some attractive people in the woods, um, clearly. None of them are making it out, or one if we're lucky. Um, but here it is actually surprising because you, you know it's a horror book and you know people are going to die, but the precise nature of those deaths and how the people end up dead and who they are, it is it is shocking as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it it is a tendency within horror stories to not flesh out characters too much if you are just going to kill them a few pages later. Oh well, or in, or in films, if you're going to kill them a few minutes later, more than pages. But in in this case, I think Kyle Starks has done quite a good job of fleshing out even minor characters.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, related to Adrian, a thing that did annoy me and stop me no. if you've heard this one: the spelling of Adrian does change between issues.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Adrian, Adrian, Adrian,
0: Adrian, yes. Um, it, it's an ongoing gripe of mine in comics is, yeah, spellings of things changing and seemingly without anyone caring that much.
1: And yet there were, t- well, there was only one editor in the first station. Maybe. Yeah, so I don't know. It,
0: it would be nice to see things like that a little bit more consistent or to think that that would get cleaned up for the trade, but... I I know more often than not, that's not the way the (laughs) cookie crumbles. No. Um, On the other hand, Kyle, if you're listening. um,
1: How do you spell Adrian?
0: How how did you want Adrian spelling? And um, can that be fixed for the trade?
1: Yeah, you've got a few weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Sure, sure it's not gone to print yet. Ah,
0: What are the odds? Uh, on the other, other hand, uh, Kyle, if you're out there and you're listening and uh, you still want to do an interview, another interview episode, sure, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I could send messages to people, but instead I'm just going to do it all via...
1: Give them you know, a
0: shout out. Podcast to, be,
1: to be fair, I think that has worked a couple of times. I so will continue with this. Yeah,
0: one. it works more than you might think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but back to the book.
0: Yeah, imagine if we f- finished the conversation first. <laughs> um. I, yeah, I I just quite liked this. I I was surprised by the ending or lack thereof. As I've said, I expected a classic Kyle Stark one volume. I'm not against more. I'm quite open to seeing where this can yeah. go. It surprised me because we kind of get a double teaser for where for what the next arc might be. That's yeah. right. right? It's like two, yeah, there is two two, en- two like post credit ending type pages.
1: Yeah, the, the the one relating directly to the character of uh, Trudy. Yes. Not to give too much away, and um, the second relating more to. The army.
0: Yes. <laughs> well. Trying
1: to be vague to avoid spoilers, but yeah, essentially there's two, and that I'll admit that confused me because I was like, oh, there's there's two things here, and also this is this, there's more because this is a Carl Starks book. And yeah, there's more.
0: I I think the actual what I'm going to treat as the actual final page is there is a scene a a page of trudy and gabby together kind of saying i love you and then the final panel of that page is the ghosts with the ufo floating over the house and one of them saying i hate this place yeah which is a really good like sign off and it kind of mirrors some of the events of the first issue we've heard Kyle is clearly in the bigger-than-capes camp of liking it when people say the title of the thing, because there is a lot of I hate yeah. this place and fuck this place said throughout. But I think that as a as a final page, I think there's an argument to be made that if that was your ending, like, full stop, like, it would work.
1: I'd be happy with that, because it does wrap up... part. You know, it basically wraps up the... Um, the, the immediate threat from itchy um, and yeah. you know they've tried we've had them uh with dante how they've, they've attempted to try and get uh, exorcism happening and they've tried to find help to get rid of the ghosts and they failed at that so it is almost like that last panel you've resolved the mortal danger and they're sort of resigned to the fact that yeah they are stuck on a haunted ranch for the foreseeable They've got each other, they love each other, but also they hate this place. So, yeah, to me, narratively, that works just to end it there. And you can imagine, you know, oh, what happened? You know, maybe in 10 years' time, they find a priest and he comes along and I don't know. But it does feel like the story that needed to be told in that their relationship has been tested, their relationship has survived, their relationship is stronger than ever, Mm. therefore that's that's your ending
0: yeah no i i could completely see that i mean i I just said that so
1: (laughs) i just agreed with you with different words
0: but i think that's got good ending vibes and then i kind of like the like uh i want to say texas chainsaw massacre and maybe i'm getting um or one of the chainsaw massacres who knows um we've got kind of the two pages no well the single page of like the news report and people in the store watching it on TV of like, hey, this guy was found dead with a load of money from blah, blah, blah. Um, I kind of like that as the wrapping up scene. And then, yeah, the two teasers for where this could be going or probably is going. I don't know. I think we get a, a decent ending and then we get that kind of classic horror movie seeing different things going on of if there is going to be more so yeah I think that works I like it I think as a standalone volume it it's pretty strong um yeah narratively arts coloring lettering I think all work quite nicely and I can't really find much fault with it other than that yeah I well, it's not even a fall, is it? It's just I was surprised that there's going to be more.
1: Yeah, same. Because <laughs> I was, like, reading issue five, and I was like, hmm, how is this going to wrap up? And then I got to the end, and I was like, oh, there are plot threads that have been introduced for the next yeah. volume.
0: And don't get me wrong, those plot threads are teased earlier. We kind of see a flashback to Gabby visiting the ranch when she was a kid, and um, we kind of get, that Trudy alludes to, you know, her family not being normal. And then we see a, a flashback to some of that. Uh, we also have things that still haven't been explained. Like, I mean, nothing has been explained. Uh, we yeah. get one little tease or, like, minor explanation for what might be causing some of this. But the Horned Man, the ghosts, the... um. Aliens, the weird bugs In the forest, it's all Quite open, I think the only Explanations we've really Come close to are Dante's talking about The ghosts and Itchy Gets some information from the horned man But it's quite Ambiguous and Could lead in a whole bunch of directions And I'm, I'm curious to see how Kyle Starks will try to explain.
1: <laughs> all of that.
0: Yeah, the nexus of all hauntings or whatever you want to call it.
1: Yeah, because we still don't know why. We have many questions.
0: Yeah, I a lot of questions. So I, I am pleased to see that there will be more of this. Um, I'm curious to see where that might go, where that could go. It, it's, a, it's a good first volume.
1: It is, definitely. Yeah. And like yeah. I say, if, if this was all, if if something happens, if Kyle Starks is hit by a bus um, and doesn't manage to write anymore, this stands fine on its own. At the same time, it's got lots of good potential for more, provided he isn't hit by a bus.
0: Not that we think Kyle Starks is going to be hit by a bus. <laughs>
1: no, the the chances are slim. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, definitely. There's there's tons of potential, and I I would be interested to see how this becomes a sci-fi book for a volume or a monster movie book for a volume or whatever direction. I mean, who knows what other horrors lie beneath Rutherford Ranch?
1: A lot, I assume and why is that you know we need more of the poltergeist I do feel like we've been cheated out the poltergeist because he's the good one we've not
0: yeah we we get a little bit we get what he writes on the mirror I'm Bowden and then wrecks the house while they're out and we don't really yeah, get any
1: basically he, it
0: but he does help them when they need help, which is interesting when He does. So I I would be curious to see how all that ties together and who Bowdoin is.
1: Yeah. And why is he a poltergeist and not a ghost?
0: Yeah. Why is he the only ghost in the house?
1: Mm, So many questions.
0: Many questions. Maybe Kyle can answer some for us.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Largely, I, I think that's everything I really had to say on this one. I don't know about you
1: same it it in a way it's hard because it's a good book but it's also easy in that it's a good book and there's yes. only so many times we can say writing good art good lettering good colouring good all the good um all which it is the all the good um you know it's you know the title is i hate this place and you know secretly we love this comic so there you go
0: not not that secretly to be fair but i feel no. you no uh, also, for the record, um, some of the back matter, uh, the like, horror essays and the recommendations of like, hey, check out these haunted house films, check out these slasher films, check out whatever, I think is quite a cool feature to have in a horror comic. I also think Kyle Stark's little four panels,
1: oh, yeah. uh,
0: Gabby and Trudy before the ranch, are quite a good addition. I like Kyle's art, and I think kind of adding a little comedy backup strip is a good addition to this. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of space in the comic to show their immediate kind of relationship before, you know.
1: It all went to...
0: (laughs) Before this.
1: Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, I, I like the back matter. I do think Kyle Starks is pretty strong when it comes to weird and wonderful back matter, especially stuff like the Trigger Keaton back matter with like the interview and the Reddit threads and things like that. I think it's a nice addition that gives you a little bit more. It kind of feels like in keeping with like the Watchmen kind of, um, back matter, but you know, fun. Uh, (laughs) So I like I like that I like when p- creators put time into trying to do something interesting with back matter and using yeah. a couple of pages to pad out whatever they can't find space for in the bu- in the main story. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, other than that, I think that's pretty much everything I had to say. Same. Well, on that note. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. We've been Angela and Zach. Yep. Collectively uh bigger than capes. Yeah. Keep on uh, trucking. I don't know. <laughs> <Keep on> t- <laughs> Never entirely Keeps. sure what keep on trucking means, but.
1: <laughs> I assume it's a Smokey and the Bandit reference. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs>
0: you know the origins of "Keep <laughs> on Trucking," tweet us that bigger than caves.
1: We'd love to know.
0: <laughs> well, thanks, and uh, like later days.
1: Yeah, well, we'll you'll listen to us next time,
0: <laughs> whether you like it or not. <laughs>